listeners, welcome. Here we are again. We're still here. I don't know why I keep saying we're still here. We're still because alive. I guess there's the possibility that we couldn't be. But when you think about it, we could have been, you know, there's anything could happen. We don't necessarily need for a, a pandemic to, to for our lives to be Yeah, we finite, could die at any at time. It's true. We could have in the past. I think we've done almost 50 episodes at this point. Jesus. I think. <laughs> at any point <laughs> uh hello my name is chris gillespie my name is aaron arada you're listening to go chuck yourself in this episode we're going to be talking about uh season three episode seven chuck versus the mask this is you guessed it hashtag season of aaron yay we are we're in the thick of it and aaron has she's well Last week, as you may recall, she was in the closet, <laughs> and now Aaron is out of the I closet. I am out of the closet. Once again, this is not referring to Aaron's sexuality. <laughs> or anything else. To, or, yeah, just the fact that it just means that in the last episode, she was recording inside I was, a closet. Yes, and- I was literally in a closet, and now I am literally out of a closet. The closet is, I am probably uh, four feet away from the closet, but the door is open, and I am sitting in the in the wider room. So that's... Mm-hmm. It's it's very nice. Um, I there's a window open that there wasn't a window in the closet. Why would you have a window in a closet? So that's nice. It's it's very fresh. Um, I don't have any food immediately by me, but that's okay because I am now allowed to go to the kitchen. Ooh, maybe next week you'll be in the kitchen. Perhaps. Are you saying that women belong in the kitchen, Chris? That's not what I was saying. Oh, here's I'm just I'm strongly suggesting that you go to the kitchen because I think you would do very well in the kitchen. Aaron. <laughs> I think um, I'm just going to bypass that and tell you that we we're going to be setting up a little rivalry here because um, you got Blue Apron a couple of weeks ago and mm-hmm. I got HelloFresh. So, oh, I, I had well. a HelloFresh meal last night and it was delicious. It was not free and it was not an accidental delivery. We did ask for it. Um, mm-hmm. but it was very good. So take that. We still haven't heard anything from Blue Apron, even though we repeatedly asked them to be sponsors <laughs> for the show and praise praise their food. For the record, Blue Apron, if you're listening, I still think your food was delicious. Maybe you will just sponsor me. Maybe that's something you'd consider. I can't guarantee that Erin won't also be advertising HelloFresh <laughs> on her end. So if you feel like advertising in a podcast that also immediately uh, or that also advertises one of your immediate competitors, then this could be the space for yes, you. I, that's a marketing technique that like they probably haven't tried before, so it might not hurt them. Might be something <laughs> to try. Um, HelloFresh, if you want to sponsor us, I'd be happy about that. I, I had some bruschetta chicken last night. It was really good. It was fresh. I, I, I smelled the basil and I said, damn, this is fresh. That's the motto of HelloFresh. Damn, this is fresh. <laughs> damn this is fresh Aaron can we have a sidebar real quick can I talk to you Mm -hmm. okay um I before I ate the blue apron box that got delivered uh we had also intentionally ordered hello fresh okay and it was very good Uh um but I I just feel like I was I was talking a big game about blue apron Uh and I just kind of feel like I'm I need to sort of see that through okay but so if I say anything bad about you know, HelloFresh. I, I don't want you to think that I like really mean it because I think it's also great. Okay. But you're kind of doing you're in like a situation not unlike uh, Chuck's situation when he has some residual feelings for Sarah, but he also is trying to get into this new relationship with Hannah. Like that's kind of how you are. And Sarah, I guess, would be HelloFresh in this case. 
I would be Shaw because I am embracing HelloFresh and or Sarah into my life mm-hmm. and not not. Well, I guess Shaw, Shaw doesn't really have any relationship with Hannah. I don't think they've met, but I don't have any relationship with Blue Apron. So it's it, this metaphor really works. It's really good. Don't think about it too hard. It's really good. Just like Blue Apron. It's really good. Don't think about it too hard. <laughs> Blue Apron. <laughs> Great. Okay, so um, I guess I guess I'll lead the way. Much much like uh, myself getting out of the closet. This this isn't going to work as a transition, but keep it in. Okay. Well, let me. Uh, <laughs> you're ready to drop into this episode, just like Shaw is ready to drop into a, a museum. Oh, that's vault. really good. Thank you. Thank you. That was. Yep. This yep. is why we work together. So we start with a masked Shaw. I don't know. Do you think it was supposed to be that we didn't know it was him? Because they kind of make a big deal out of like when he takes his mask off. But I knew it was him. I did not know it was him. And I was very surprised. (laughs) Well, you're you're always uh, with the ninjas. So he was he kind of had like that kind of mask on. So I see. I see how you are confused. But I would recognize those eyes anywhere. So he's breaking into an art museum to steal some kind of golden mask. He's on one of those, I called it a zip line. I don't know if it's actually called a zip line, but like one of those things that lowers you into a room kind of like in Mission Impossible. Um, everything mm-hmm. is going well until there's a very like final destination type twist where a screw comes loose from a ventilation shaft and it falls onto the floor, setting off the motion detectors. The room locks down and begins losing oxygen. So Shaw calls Casey to say he hopes the intersect isn't busy. I have two questions here. One is that um, I don't know why... Chuck needs like if they needed Chuck so much I don't know why Chuck wasn't there and I also don't know like I guess the implication is that it's like a computer thing that Chuck needs to hack or something but like I don't I don't know why they need Chuck specifically I don't know why Casey can't do it also is this how museum security works like they have a room that just like loses oxygen so that the like if someone breaks in they die like is that a thing (laughs) I don't know I feel like they would have vents or i feel like they there must be some things that they keep in a vacuum right for like for preservation i guess but but like it seems like as a security method it doesn't really make sense it seems pretty harsh yeah because you're like if you break in and try to steal this or like if you get locked in here for some reason the punishment is death we don't give you a trial you're dead you're gonna choke you're not gonna be able to breathe any air because we're going to remove the air out of the room and there also seem to be like no other people who work in this museum other than the guard who says he doesn't know how computers work i I mean the curator Mm -hmm. so like there i don't know why they have this system it doesn't make sense but uh there were no security guards that like come that like come to check out the intruder or like stop the intruder it's just like death is the one solution yes so that came out wrong but in this case <laughs> in this case according to whoever developed the system death is the one solution not yes. according to us we don't support that no blue apron does not support that either <laughs> i don't know about HelloFresh, but i i have good feelings about HelloFresh. <laughs> so as it turns out chuck is very much not busy because he's at the buy more and when he's there he's never working He's flirting sort of with Hannah, who convinces him to take her on his next home install. As Chuck agrees, Sarah walks in. Chuck excuses himself from Hannah as Sarah tells him that he needs to come with her and save Shaw from certain death, because death is the only option. Meanwhile, Hannah asks Morgan who Sarah is, and Morgan explains that she's Chuck's evil ex. Chuck tells Morgan and Hannah that there's a nerd herd emergency and he's got to run. Morgan is confused since he hasn't heard about any emergencies. Hannah runs off after Chuck. Probably like eight hours later, Chuck arrives at a museum 
I was imagining this museum is supposed to be kind of like the like the Getty or something, which would be a, a decent amount of time from where he works in Burbank. But uh, it's a it's a fictionalized museum. Casey explains that the museum staff don't know Shaw has been locked in the vault because Casey crashed all the security systems. Again, if he could do that, why why couldn't they just teach him how to get Shaw out? I don't know. But Chuck finds a very British art curator who says he's never touched a computer in his life and begs Chuck to fix the stuff and save the art. Before Chuck can quite get started, Hannah arrives, continuing to be insane. She says, I saw your car parked outside and came to help. And then she adds really snottily, so what's the problem? This was crazy. She's just, she just comes on very strong, I guess, is my point. Chuck agrees to let her help, though. I was worried that he would have to do something like unusual or spy-related in order to free Shaw, but I guess they just have to reboot the system. So Chuck and Hannah work together, which was nice to see. They, uh, they're they both like hackers and whatnot. Uh, they save Shaw with seconds to spare. Casey and Sarah pull Shaw back up into the vents and Chuck and Hannah hug. The curator then hires Chuck and Hannah to attend the unveiling of the mask, which is called the Mask of Alexander, and make sure there are no more computer snafus during the unveiling. Shaw encourages Chuck to take the assignment so he can help his team steal the mask. Back at Castle, Shaw has memorized Sarah's coffee order and also gives her a straw because he noticed she likes to chew on them when she gets nervous. This uh, this reminds me of a world where both straws and takeout coffee were still readily available. And I got a little sad. When Chuck and Casey arrive, Shaw explains that he believes the ring has hidden something inside of the Mask of Alexander, so he and Sarah are going to pose as guests at a gallery opening while Chuck and Casey work behind the scenes to help steal the mask. Sarah expresses some concern about Hannah tagging along with Chuck on the mission, but Chuck promises he can handle her and she might even help his cover. Meanwhile, Morgan and Ellie have a clandestine meeting, ew, and Morgan explains that he thinks Chuck may be in an emotional tailspin due to being hurt by Sarah. He promises Ellie he will try to find out more. So I guess they like, they totally dropped Jeff and Lester doing anything about this. Like, I guess they didn't want to deal with that anymore. Um, <laughs> they're not in this episode. There's a cool intercut scene between Hannah and Chuck preparing for their assignment and Sarah and Shaw preparing for their mission. It ends with Shaw asking Sarah about their cover as a couple, somewhat flirtily, which word tells me is not a word. Uh, he asks her how many dates they should pretend to have been on and whether or not they've slept together. Sarah says definitely not. Once they're at the museum, Shaw continues to push boundaries. When Sarah asks him not to touch her, which is pretty reasonable, he says, just because we haven't slept together doesn't mean we have to act like it's a middle school dance. He then tells her camera positions while like whispering in her ear and kissing her neck. And I was, I don't know about you, like I was very uncomfortable. They, they set out to... Like, I think they make it seem like PDA in this case uh-huh. is going to help them blend in. Yeah. But I feel like no. the kind of PDA they were doing actually <laughs> makes them stand out more than anything. I mean, if I was there, I'd be like, Jesus, like you're at a museum. Like no one else is doing that. Like if this was at like the premiere's party or something like that would be one thing because like everybody's dancing. It's a little sexy and everything. But like here is mm-hmm. weird. <laughs> and I wonder- one thing if like if they just hugged and he told her. Yeah. Maybe the camera positions, yeah. but the fact that he's like from behind, I know and like it's kissing so her neck weird. And like, oh god, get a room. Yeah, <laughs> and I want to be clear that like it's not because I'm un- like I am. I I obviously want Sarah to be with Chuck, but like I'm not uncomfortable because they have like Sarah and Shaw have no chemistry, or because like I'm not like interested in their pairing. It's just because this was weird. Like it was weird. <laughs> I didn't like it. 
Back in the computer room, Hannah tells Chuck that the reason she took the buy more job was because she likes him. So I know you were confused about that, Chris, but now we now we Mm -hmm. have it straight from Hannah's mouth. Uh, Speaking of her mouth, she kisses Chuck, but the moment is interrupted when Hannah opens her eyes for some reason and sees Sarah on the security camera. She asks Chuck if he and Sarah are really done, since Sarah seems to be there specifically to make him jealous with her ridiculously good-looking date. Chuck says, yeah, if you're into that Superman-y kind of guy, which I thought was really funny because it's like a reference to like her, Kristen Crook, and also Brandon Routh, like their past roles, because they're both either are Superman or were into Superman. Like it was just a funny little reference from, from our good friends at Chuck. I guess it's kind of weird that Sarah is at the opening, but I don't know why Hannah assumes that that means like things aren't over with her and Chuck. Like it could just be a coincidence. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Like, how would Sarah even know that Chuck is there watching the security footage? Like, why would she be making him jealous that way? Like, that's weird. But mm-hmm. I don't know. That's Hannah's assumption. And it's cr- and it's true. It's true. But she immediately jumps to it being Chuck's fault yeah. that his ex-girlfriend's there, yeah. which is kind of a weird assumption to make. Although, yeah. as you just said, it is true. Yeah. <laughs> yes. She does not know why it's true. Yeah. So Chuck flashes on someone else on the security footage who's a guy named, I kept calling him Vasily, but it's Vasilis. Uh, he rushes out into the party to warn Sarah and Shaw that the ring is at the party too, which is completely absurd. Like, again, like, this is something that, like, why would Chuck be out there? Like, this would blow their cover completely. Like, so either no one cares what Sarah and Shaw are doing or, like, Chuck should, like, not. Like, why didn't he have an earpiece? I don't know. It just... Like, I don't know why this didn't ruin their cover, but nobody seems that concerned about it. Shaw says they'll have to abort the mission because he and Vasilis have a history based on the fact that Shaw set Vasilis's face on fire. Understandably. Um, as Hannah looks on, Chuck promises to help Sarah break into the vault instead. So, yeah, uh, Chuck and Sarah are off to go break into the vault. Uh, Hannah is suspicious of this because she sees all this unfold on the security monitors. Uh, to make things worse for Hannah, Chuck uses a handheld spy computer or his phone. I can't really tell the difference <laughs> to disable the museum security system and all of its cameras. This causes the computers that Hannah and Chuck are supposed to be monitoring and protecting, as well as the museum curator to freak out. So Hannah has no choice but to do her best to fix the museum's computer system in the five minutes before the vault with the mask is supposed to open. Also, a weird thing that they're having such a big, dramatic opening of the vault on to to reveal this mask don't you think it would just be the museum would be opened and then the mask would already be there why would they have the separate wing closed i don't yeah, know it's very I don't, dramatic i don't really know how like museums i don't know how this kind of thing works but it also seems mm-hmm. like i don't know it seems weird to have a party like i would like in in the room of the museum with art in it and stuff like that seems a little dangerous like people might be like pdaing and break something With the vault set to open in five minutes, this puts Sarah and Chuck on a time crunch as they enter the room above the vault. They have like the maintenance room that Casey was in before at the opening of the episode that Shaw was dangling down from. Mm -hmm. Sarah gets prepared to rappel down into the vault and take the mask like Shaw was doing at the beginning of the episode. And Chuck makes a passive aggressive comment about how Sarah and Shaw looked like they were having fun undercover as two people on a date. Sarah brushes this off. Shaw listens to this conversation from the spy van because he removed himself from the museum rather than have his cover blown. But Casey shuts off Sarah and Chuck's feeds because he says that they chat like schoolgirls when they're out <laughs> on the field. And it's yep. murder on the ears, which is I funny, but also seems kind of reckless. Yeah, I mean, turning- <laughs> that's yes, it's very reckless. I like the moment from Casey. I thought it was funny from yeah. him. Um, it was funny. But yeah, that's probably a bad idea. <laughs> 
But at the same time, you're like, yeah, that probably is. If you're the third wheel to the Chuck and Sarah thing going on, yeah. you probably would like to not hear some of it. Yes. But Sarah and Chuck continue to put on their harnesses and take swipes at each other. Chuck says that he's noticed how Shaw gets Sarah coffee each morning. And Sarah retorts by saying that Hannah can't keep her hands off of Chuck. And then and that Chuck smells like Hannah's perfume. Mm. So in this moment, Sarah and Chuck are expressing some kind of sensitivity, if not jealousy, about the new people in each other's lives. Mm -hmm. But I don't know why it needs to be so pointed. Shouldn't they at least be somewhat happy for one another or at least pretend that they're happy? The, the After all, they're not supposed to still have feelings for one another, <laughs> purportedly. Yeah, the trajectory of like their feelings about this is like a little bit like backwards. It's like very intense up front and then they kind of calm down a little bit. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. it, but hum human emotions are weird, Chris. What do you want me to say? Back on the museum floor, Nico Vasilis, uh, a.k.a. the ring agent, tells his henchmen that it's time. And the two henchmen storm off. Sarah and Chuck start their extraction process with Chuck serving as an anchor while Sarah is lowered into the vault with a decoy mask. Sarah sees from the van that the henchmen are on their way and he tries to notify Chuck and Sarah. But the henchmen find Chuck almost immediately. They don't have any difficulty doing it. The henchman kicks Chuck down <laughs> no. the vent into the vault, causing Sarah to swing back up into the maintenance room to fight the henchmen. As Chuck is dangling in the vault, Sarah knocks out the henchman easily and makes to send him down into the vault to bring Chuck back up. But then the second henchman comes out of nowhere and tries to strangle Sarah. Hannah, meanwhile, that is was having success. So intense. Sorry to interrupt you, but like when if we he like he really he has like a like not a I guess not a garroting wire because it doesn't cut her, but he like grabs her neck like he's not just like strangling her with his hands like he's got like a wire. It's very intense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this whole scene is pretty stressful because yeah. you have Chuck dangling. The door is going to open. Yeah. Uh, there's the Hannah is trying to figure out what the security. There's a lot of factors going in. There's here's, it's very dramatic. Here's a question for you. So like the, there's when whenever the doors are opening, like the doors keep opening like a little bit and then shutting and then opening again. And the crowd mm. keeps making that sound that you always hear in crowd scenes where it's like, oh, but like what sound do you think a bunch of people have to collectively make to make that sort of sound? Because I don't ever go, oh, oh, uh, like, uh -huh. I, I don't know, like, because that's in so many movies and shows like that's such a common sound of like shocked crowd. But I don't know what sound they're making. Ah, uh, 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 like, is it just oh. that a bunch of people are going like, ah, but like at different pitches. So it just goes like, like, I don't know. That's a really good point. Yeah. I've never thought about yeah, that. Yeah, well, I've, I've been thinking about it recently. <laughs> I think maybe you could write like a thesis about that. Okay, I'll, I'll get I'll look into that. You could you get your uh, master's degree just writing the, <laughs> the, the ah. anatomy of the crowd sound. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> let's try it. Okay, let's try to do it at once and see if it makes that sound. Ah. ah. No, it didn't do it. No? No. We need more people, I guess. We'll work on that. <laughs> we need more co-hosts. <laughs> Hannah, meanwhile, is having success overriding whatever Chuck did to shut down the museum's computer systems. She's about to open the door to the vault and reveal to all of the museum patrons that Chuck is dangling in his undershirt from the ceiling next to the mask. Shaw realizes that Hannah must be using Chuck's laptop, so Shaw hacks into Chuck's laptop remotely, not unlike Sarah hacking into the piloting system of the airliner <laughs> in Chuck versus First Class. Hell yeah! Just as Hannah starts to open the door, Shaw intervenes and shuts down the system and the door again. Hannah is discouraged, saying, why is this happening? Why is this happening? I can relate to this when I was trying to send an email for work uh, the other day to about 200 people and I received a big complicated error message saying that the email was not delivered to 100 recipients. <laughs> Similar level of stress. Why, why, is, why this is this happening? happening? Why is this happening? Nothing 
it's just so stressful when you get an email bounce back that's like it was this email was not sent i'm like who sent this email how is this composed (laughs) what is the system that like builds automatically builds the the rejection message for the email it's so very weird strange sarah continues uh her fight with henchman number two in the maintenance room it's pretty intense Sean and Hannah play tug of war over the door to the vault. What's going to happen? It's a stressful <gasps> moment. Eventually, Sarah knocks out henchman number two. Chuck still dangling, grabs the mask of Alexandria, and Sarah drops the decoy mask down to him, and he's able to put it in place right before Hannah finally succeeds in severing her remote connection with Shaw and opening doors to the vault once and for all. Sarah pulls Chuck back up into the maintenance room seconds before the art patrons come pouring into the vault. Hannah breathes a sigh of relief. My note here is uh, Sarah is so strong. And then my next note is this is a good episode for arms. So I think I think my feeling here was that Sarah has really strong arms. Shaw has really strong arms. Like there are a lot of good arms in this episode. Mm-hmm. Arms. <laughs> uh, moments later, Chuck is headed back into the computer room to see Hannah. But he quickly tells someone on the phone that he'll meet them back at Castle. So we know that the rest of the spies are already on their way back. Oh, good. Chuck opens the door and sees Hannah, who's packing up her stuff. Chuck apologizes and Hannah says, where the hell have you been? How could you abandon me on my first nerd herd assignment? Hannah says that she knows who Chuck is and what he's been doing. He's someone who's still involved with his ex. Chuck says that it's not what she thinks. He and Sarah have a very unique relationship, which is what Catherine identified as something a guy who definitely still has feelings for his ex would say. (laughs) Chuck tries to explain, but Hannah says that she feels humiliated for kissing him and says that she just wants to keep it professional and storms out muttering weirdo under her breath. Admittedly, I understand why Hannah is upset, but she's also the one who started to make out with him while they were out on a job. She's the (laughs) one who decided to move to Burbank and work at the Buy More based off of a chance encounter with a guy on an international flight. She herself is not exactly not a weirdo. Yeah. I, I definitely think she is a weirdo. Um, I think she played this scene really well. Like, I got her. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought it was very well acted. But the um, the impetus and the emotion she was acting, maybe less less so. Mm-hmm. Yes, very well said. The following <laughs> morning, Morgan is eating his cereal and reading a comic book newspaper. Did you know what? <laughs> could you identify what this was? No, I didn't. Uh, I, I did not. <laughs> I was like, is that just like the funny section or the funny pages of the newspaper? I'm like, no, the whole thing is like a comic book. Either either option I, is seems on brand for Oregon. I paused basically the entire length of the episode in this time to examine what this was, <laughs> and I could not figure it out. Ellie knocks on the door and pokes her head in, and Morgan chastises her for not knocking enough times to uh, demonstrate their secret knock. But Ellie says she doesn't know that knock and asks to come in. Morgan says, yes, Chuck is still asleep because he came home super late from God knows where. Ellie says that she thought Chuck was at work. And Morgan says that he did, too, until he got an angry call from the museum saying that Chuck bailed on Hannah during the job. Morgan adds that he had an epiphany. He thinks that he and Ellie have been going about this all wrong. They need to sit Chuck down and have an intervention with him and get to the bottom of all this. As he says this, Chuck walks in ready for work, inexplicably carrying a Guitar Hero controller. (laughs) Yeah, that's not explained. Chuck overheard the uh, the tail end of Morgan and Ellie's conversation and asks, get to the bottom of what? Why I'm holding a Guitar Hero controller, maybe? <laughs> nope. Morgan says it was nothing and pretends to act like everything is normal and gets up to go to work with Chuck. As he's leaving, Ellie shoots him a lo- uh, look for not standing up to Chuck and then says, you are a coward. And Morgan offers a half-hearted, apologetic look. Why was he holding the Guitar Hero controller? I like the I scene. Don't know. It was kind of, it was funny because I feel like Ellie and Morgan have kind of like a, um, 
like a, a classic kind of comedic duo chemistry mm-hmm. in this moment but between the knocks and the the failure of communication it was mm-hmm. kind of almost like um i don't know i don't want to say like ragtime i think that's probably the wrong <laughs> period but it was just very kind of like vaudeville like old school vaudeville yes that's the word i'm looking for thank you slapstick yes yes I'm all these great words at are this. right these are good you're so good <laughs> so i'm gonna smart. have you write my notes <laughs> Uh, back in what I'm assuming is a WeWork space, the ring agent, Nikos, and his men are reviewing the footage from the previous night to figure out what happened to the mask. Nikos finds the footage of Chuck and Sarah exiting the maintenance room and, with the mask and then finds the footage of Chuck and Hannah kissing. He says out loud that Chuck is a Casanova and gives him props for using the blonde to get into the vault and seducing the brunette to shut down the computer system. His henchmen sit silently next to him, <laughs> not wanting to join in on this conversation, apparently. Uh, Nikos concludes that they need to find out how cold-hearted Chuck really is. At the buy more, Hannah is sitting at the nerd her desk looking sad. Morgan comes up uh, behind her and says that he heard that she had a rough night at the museum, starring Ben Stiller. <laughs> Thought that would get a bigger laugh, but that's okay. Hannah asks what the museum curator had to say, but Morgan deflects and says that he doesn't understand British accents at all. Morgan asks Hannah what she thinks happened, but Hannah is reluctant and Morgan says that he understands that she doesn't want to snitch on Chuck to Chuck's boss because that's what Morgan is, Chuck's boss. Morgan then adds that he doesn't want Hannah to think of him as her boss's boss, but as her friend who she could tell anything to. Hannah is a little weirded out by this and the nerd heard phone rings and Morgan answers it. We, the audience, know that it's Nikos, but Morgan thinks it's another employee of the museum. Nikos says that they're still having issues with their computers at the museum and asks if they can spend if they can send the same girl from the night before. Morgan says that he will send Hannah out right away free of charge, but that he can't send a supervisor because that's Chuck and Hannah does not want to see Chuck. This is fine with Nikos, who, to his credit, is very polite throughout this entire exchange. <laughs> yeah, nice of him. He's, <laughs> he's very nice. Hannah is very excited to go out on this assignment by herself and thanks Morgan profusely and then leaves. Uh, back in Castle, Shaw has purchased Sarah another coffee and Sarah don't give a shit. She really don't give a shit. She's really bothered by this and says that she needs to talk to Shaw about professional boundaries. She feels uncomfortable with how he behaved at the museum when they were undercover. And she doesn't feel comfortable with him bringing her coffee each morning. And uh, she says they're just co-workers and she wants to keep it professional. There's an uncomfortable silence. And then Shaw says that he should probably apologize to Casey as well. And Casey walks out from behind the corner and says, thanks for the coffee, Shaw. Just how I like it. Black and bitter. Either Shaw is not trying to hit on Sarah or he's just playing the field. Yeah, I, I support just, that. He's just seeing if if either uh, Sarah or Casey are interested. Hannah arrives at the museum and meets Nikos, who's posing as the assistant curator. He says that they've been having issues with the security hardware in the vault and asks her to take a look. Hannah says that she just works with computers, but Nikos is confident that she can figure it out because, quote, she looks like a smart girl. He then asks her if she has a cell phone on her, and she says, no, I left it in the car. And Nico says, great, and ushers her <laughs> into the vault. As Hannah looks down at the mask, Nico shuts the door behind her and activates the fire prevention lockdown measure, and the oxygen begins to drain from the vault. That's what it is. It's a fire prevention thing. Okay, the, it, they remove you're the right. They oxygen to yes. cut out a fire. Okay, that makes sense. Thank you. But that doesn't make any sense why it was triggered at the very beginning by that screw dropping down and setting <laughs> off an alarm. Yeah, it doesn't know. Uh, another thing here is that there's a sign that says this exhibit is closed. And I like I guess the implication, like maybe Vasilis put that out so no one would come in there. But like I was I saw that I was like, it's a closed already. Like why? This is crazy. 
At the nerd herd desk, Chuck is sitting down doing nothing when the uh, nerd herd phone rings. He answers it and it's Nikos again. Nikos tells Chuck to bring him his mask and Chuck pretends not to know what he's talking about. Nikos clarifies that he wants his mask back or he will kill Chuck's girlfriend. And Chuck's all like, which one? Am I right? <laughs> Chuck, nice. Chuck doesn't actually ask Nikos this, but instead asks Morgan where Hannah is. And Morgan tells him that she's back at the museum. Chuck panics a bit and tells Nikos that he doesn't have a girlfriend, which not sure if this is the best time for the label discussion, Chuck. <laughs> uh, and then and that Nikos must have the wrong number because this is the nerd herd. Nikos tells him that if he wants to see Hannah alive again, he will bring him the mask within four, uh, 50 minutes. Chuck hangs up and runs out of the buy more and Morgan tries to follow him and confront Chuck all about all of his weird behavior. But Chuck disappears into a trap door and the home theater room. In castles, Sarah and Shaw are investigating the mask of Alexandria looking for the secret ring component. When Chuck calls Sarah, despite just being down the hall in Castle, Chuck tries to tell her what's going on, but Sarah tells Chuck to stay away from the main area of Castle because they think the mask is actually some kind of weapon. And as she says this, a canister rolls out of the base of the mask and releases some kind of, like, fumes into the air, causing Sarah and Shaw to start choking. Castle's alarm system uh, go off, and the whole castle goes into lockdown to contain the gas. Just as Chuck arrives... Chuck flashes on the name of the gas that Castle has identified and, re- and realizes that is a poisonous gas that its only cure is a special counter agent that must be inhaled within an hour of breathing the gas. Chuck deduces that Nikos must have the antidote with him at the museum and then remembers that he's supposed to be saving Hannah, who is also trapped and going to die within the hour. Chuck is weirdly serene and confident in this moment. <laughs> he freaks out pretty easily, as we've seen throughout the show thus far. And in this moment, he's like, I got it. It's just one of those moments where you're like, a, your adrenaline is just going and it's just like very clear. Mm-hmm. Haven't you ever had one of those, Chris? Yeah, sometimes <laughs> when you're just like, I should be really stressed, but like, I just am in the zone. Yeah. En route to the museum, Chuck expresses concern to Casey that their plan is never going to work. But Casey assures him that it will enhance him a duffel bag containing another decoy mask. I don't know where they keep getting these things. Chuck has his doubts about whether they can save Hannah, obtain the counter agent antidote from Nikos and make it back to save Sarah and Shaw in time. At this point, Chuck suggests that they need to trick Nikos into thinking that he's been poisoned, so he reveals the location of the antidote. Back at Castle, Shaw admits that he was actually hitting on Sarah and apologizes, which was nice. Then Sarah says she overreacted, which was less nice and also not true. Then she says that the way he touched her neck at the party was kind of nice, which made me so uncomfortable. It's like I can chalk it up to like they're dying from poison gas. That's the only explanation for this, because it was just it was uncomfortable. I didn't like it. What that she liked being touched? I don't like how she said it. It was I don't know. I know it's awkward, like admitting your like feelings for someone. But it was like it was just a little it was a little weird. Somehow this this part was a little bit confusing, but I guess Castle has some kind of system that like contained the poison and cleaned the room. So like the room was okay, mm-hmm. but like Sarah and Shaw are, have still been poisoned. Like they breathed it in, so their bodies aren't okay. My thought was just that, and this becomes more apparent why they didn't do this as Sarah becomes more visibly sick. But I was thinking like when they were revealing their their interest in one another as this was happening, and they think they're going to die within an hour. I was like, why don't they just get it on? You know. <laughs> I thought they were gonna, gonna die, yeah. and you're trapped with like a sexy person. You're like, yeah, screw yeah, it. Why not? I'm gonna be dead in yeah. an hour. Why not? Let's, let's go out having some fun. Yeah. So that doesn't happen, and Castle uh, smart <laughs> smart houses and cleans the room, and not a second too soon because Sarah immediately passes out. Shaw uses a gun to shoot through the window. I don't know why he didn't just open the doors. Like I don't know. 
it seems like if the room was clean, Castle would have opened the doors, but Shaw had to be really cool and just like shoot shoot it. The the, the door breaks. Uh, Shaw carries Sarah out of the room on his back, uh, presumably to follow Chuck to the museum. Meanwhile, Chuck walks into the museum wearing a backpack, and three guards come out with guns to tell him, backpacks are not allowed in museums. You have to code check that. <laughs> also, to demand that he show them the mask. He holds it up, then asks them to release Hannah. Basilis refuses, so Chuck smashes the mask, releasing the fake gas canisters. He says, there's a counter agent, isn't there? And Basilis says there is, but it's hidden in a vase or a vase. They begin smashing the countless priceless artifacts in the room, looking for the right vase, until Chuck flashes on one, smashes it over Vasilis's head, and takes out a, a... I said vial, but I guess it's like a canister. It's something, something you breathe in. It's like a little inhaler. Meanwhile, in the vault, Hannah runs out of oxygen and passes out. Casey is going to bomb the doors, but Chuck tells him to wait and takes off. Casey is mad that he's never allowed to blow things up. Chuck gives the counteragent to Casey to drive back to Castle, despite the fact that they both know there's not enough time to get it there. Casey tells Chuck he can't worry about that and has to go rescue Hannah, so Chuck does some typing on the computer and gets the vault doors to open. I I wonder here, like, if you've been... I mean, I I don't know how it would feel if a room was, like, slowly... If the oxygen was slowly taken out of the room, like, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like it's it's bad if you're totally without oxygen for like for long enough to pass out. So I feel like mm-hmm. she, it seems unlikely that she would just immediately wake up and be fine. But this is TV, so that it's fine. Um, Casey runs out and right into Shaw and Sarah, who are, have made it to the museum in time. They take the counter agent, then exhaustedly cuddle amidst the ruins of the smashed vases. As he's running to get Hannah, Chuck sees Shaw and Sarah cuddling and has a moment of sadness. But then he goes to Hannah and wakes her up, explaining that she got trapped in the vault. She says, I could have died in here. You saved my life. He starts to apologize for acting weird when she kissed him, but she says to forget it. So I guess all is forgiven. There's a pretty cool shot here that I'm not sure makes sense spatially, but we see both of these crazy couples cuddling on the floor at once. It's like from behind Shaw and Sarah. I thought that was cool. Then Vasilis steps out from behind a bust. He sees Shaw's face, and there's some sinister music. (laughs) Back at Castle, Shaw congratulates Chuck on a job well done. Chuck says he's just happy to be part of a great team, but this prompts everyone to agree that having a team is actually Chuck's training wheels, and eventually he's going to have to start working autonomously. Chuck is a bit sad about this, so Sarah checks in on him privately. She says she's been holding him back, and not just professionally, which prompts a conversation about Hannah and Shaw respectively. Chuck says if he's going to have to see Sarah with anyone, he's glad it's a hero. Sarah says she has a type, which I thought was so sweet, because, like, Chuck's also a hero. Isn't that nice? Oh, I thought she was referring to Bryce. Oh, I mean, that too. I mean, she, she does have a type. I miss Bryce. Later, Morgan lets Ellie into the Buy More After Hours so they can stage their intervention. They're about to follow Chuck into the home theater room when they see he is in there, but he's making out with Hannah. Ellie is relieved that Chuck has moved on from Sarah and seems to take this as the explanation for all his lies, but Morgan is crushed and betrayed because you may remember that he likes Hannah. I was obviously in a very certain mindset when I was watching this episode, but I was because it's kind of nice when they they see Hannah and Chuck making out uh-huh. in the but I was like, what if because they were thought they were alone in the store. Yeah. Which weird that they were there anyways, yeah. but what if they were doing something more than that? Yeah. And they're just like yeah, they could have been anything. Just anything could have been naked. happening. Just doing something just raunchy, <laughs> just something X-rated. And Elliot Morgan just pull the curtain away. And they just see something that just is so graphic <laughs> and disturbing. 
that they're yeah. like, oh god, that would be upsetting. And then they can never look Chuck in no. the eyes for the rest of the show. Nope. So we cut between Morgan being sad and Chuck and Hannah getting not not as hot as Chris expected, but still pretty hot and heavy on the couch at their job. Which might I add, Chuck knows that Morgan and Anna also got hot and heavy on that couch, and also customers use it. Like I don't know, maybe that's part of the turn on. I don't want to judge him, but like it's weird. <laughs> Also, Shaw gives Sarah a massage, which again made me uncomfortable. I did, like they're they're two consenting adults at this point, but I was I'm not into I don't I'm not really into massages. Like I mean, I'm into getting them. I'm not into like watching other people get them. Some people are. I guess Some that's people not are that into weird. Watching other people get massages. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, uh, it's a thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm not ju- I'm not judging that. It's not. I don't mean no. that is weird, but I feel weird I th- about myself doing it. I got some. F- I got flack when we did our episode about when Chuck and Sarah were hooking up. And that I was, was like, fine. oh, this makes me feel weird. But now this episode, you're like, I don't know how I feel about I feel, Sarah and Shaw. I feel weird about every every display of affection in this episode. Well, once we get to the next episode, I'll change my tune. So don't worry. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sounds good. So um, Sarah says that it's dangerous for her and Shaw to be together, but he says he's the safest guy in the world, which I don't. Who do you think the actual safest guy in the world is? Let's let's have this conversation now. Um, well, I don't think he's he's no longer with us, but I would say Mr. Rogers. Oh, yeah, he's very safe. Do you think it means like I like Shaw is saying like he is a safe person or he is in a state of being safe? I, I would say more that he is he has the ability to provide safety as opposed to he is physically like safe from harm. But I feel like if you like mm-hmm. if you were a man, because you have to be a guy in this scenario and you lived in a like a castle that had a moat around it and no one could get to you and also you had like padded walls i don't know like no one no one is safe chris no one is safe anybody could die at any time that's my takeaway um we cut to vasilis who's meeting with the league of shadows is that what it's called the league of shadows is it is that is that from is that from batman I think that's the batman and it looks exactly like this so they're like in a dark room and you can't see their faces and they all have distorted voices that's the league of shadows uh. right I'll ask someone else. I'll ask Morgan because he has that comic book newspaper. It's a bunch of faceless silhouette people in a dark warehouse. Basilis tells them that he's sure he saw Shaw. I can't say that. Basilis tells them that he's sure he saw Shaw. Quite a tongue twister. Then he asks asks what they're going to do to Shaw. A man with a distorted voice says the same thing I'm going to do to you. That was I don't know why I had that accent. Um, then a hand with a gun comes out of the shadows and shoots Vasilis. We zoom out on the big ring behind the League of Shadows' heads, and that's the end. That's, I guess that's the ring. So the ring is like, not, like, the ring is like one of these organizations. It's not, like, they're just faceless people. Maybe I just have telecommunications online, but why would an evil multinational crime syndicate make someone meet them in person to debrief them and then kill them? (laughs) And why are they all also meeting in person? Isn't it safer that they're all, if they're separated in different spaces? Because what if someone just found, found this one location and got all of them at the same time? It's the villain rules. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and why gotta, would they just get, why would they even make him come in to be debriefed? Wouldn't they just get that info from him some other way and then have like an assassin kill him? I don't know. It's, it's just dramatic. This is, it's a spy thing, Chris. I guess so. It's a spy thing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a spy thing. You Chuck, wouldn't understand. Chuck versus the mask. Surprised that we haven't made any allusions to the Jim I Carrey know. Movie. I was waiting for the right time and it just didn't come. 
Oh, I thought that was you were going to turn that into an allusion to the mask. Somebody honestly, stop me. <laughs> I no one is stopping you. I was asking you to start. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Chuck versus the mask. Beckman wasn't in this episode. No, she either. wasn't. She and was, neither was she wasn't in Big Mike Morgan. No, Morgan. Big Morgan Mike. was in this one. Obviously, Big Mike was again absent. I don't I didn't see Jeff mm. and Lester either. Did you see them? Uh, we didn't talk about them at all. No, I don't think, I we, don't saw think them. we saw them. If, if it was, it was forgettable. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff and Lester. <laughs> um, if for, for anyone who's interested, this is um, the House of the Book at the American Jewish University in Simi Valley, California, which is 40 minutes away from me. That's the uh, the exterior yes, of the, the museum. Yes, the exterior of the museum. Yeah. Um, it has been used for, according to IMDb, many movies and TV shows, including the cult headquarters of The Mentalist, or in an episode of The Mentalist, I guess. Uh, and also, you may be interested, Chris, it is the command center in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Why would that be of interest I to me? I just thought it was pretty interesting. You, you, you made it sound like it would be something that I specifically I thought would be that you would, in. I thought you specifically would find that interesting. We have, I don't think we've ever spoken about Power Rangers at all. Is that were you also not allowed to watch it because it was too violent? Yeah, yeah, me, me too. I was also not allowed okay. to watch it. I was this whole time. I've been trying to figure out like what is this indelible bond that we have yes, between us? It's, but it's Power because Rangers. we grew up now watching the Power Rangers. Yes, now we know. I don't. I don't think we really missed out because, like, as a, <laughs> being a little bit older than seeing it, I was like, this is kind of dumb. <laughs> they, I like the part with the the giant robots, though. I will concede are pretty are sweet. They I like, loved when. Can they turn into dinosaurs? Is di- are dinosaurs involved? Yeah, there's that one because I think they have a. From my understanding of Power Rangers, each season they have like a a shtick okay. a thing. Okay. And I think the one that was like on when we were of age was like a dinosaur related thing. And each one of the Power Rangers had their own giant dinosaur robot. And then sometimes the giant dinosaur robots would. It sounds like I know a lot about Power Rangers. <laughs> I have never seen it. But then all the giant robots would turn into one big yes, robot. Yes, okay, I know that's that. how they would do yeah. like the thing. Well, it sounds, it does actually sound like this was something that you would have been interested in. So I think I was correct. Yeah, maybe I'm just really primed for a late in life uh, deep dive into Power <laughs> I think Rangers. So. Maybe that's the next podcast. Yeah. Uh, go, uh, go Power Ranger yourself. We'll, we'll figure out a title. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a, a horrible, horrible idea. I mean, it sounds like a good idea. It sounds like it would suck for us. <laughs> um Chuck Mary Kill is something that we do on this podcast in the present and it's when we highlight one element of this episode that we'd like to marry because we loved it and one part of this episode that we'd like to kill because we did not love it. Aaron, what would you like to marry? Well, I'd like to marry the the Red Ranger and I think I'd like to kill the uh the Green Ranger. I think they not to harp on this, but in the you know they did the movie recently of the uh-huh. Power Rangers. I think the kid that played the Red Ranger in that is the same guy that plays the uh, scary, like, skinhead brother in Stranger Things season two. Oh, yeah, the, you're right. The, with the mullet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, well, that guy's got range. I wouldn't think about him as the hero type because he was really evil and despicable in Stranger Things. But he's the Red Ranger. Great. So uh, did I say I'm marrying him or killing him? I don't know. What Either or. In actuality, um, I really liked Chuck and Sarah's talk at the end of the episode. I thought that it was well acted. I thought the emotions were good. Um, but I also thought like that was his like 
I know we've talked about maybe their feelings post-relationship are a little iffy, a little bit uh, hot and cold or like hard and fast or whatever whatever you want to say, but I thought this was a really sweet moment between them. I thought it was pretty realistic. I liked seeing them both like express some like, yeah, we we did have this relationship. We did have this feeling. We did have these feelings for each other, but now we're both kind of like letting each other go. Like I thought it was it was well done and it wasn't too like, it didn't feel to me like it was hitting us too much over the head with like mm-hmm. anything like their dialogue felt like realistic. And I was I was happy to see them have this moment because I think otherwise um, just seeing them be like jealous of each other or like a little awkward is stuff that we've seen before. But like this moment just felt nice. Mm-hmm. And I liked what Sarah said to Chuck about calling him a hero, even though you you did not understand that she said that. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> what about I, you? <laughs> I would marry another another duo i really liked the morgan and ellie no! teaming up as as two not in a romantic sense but as two hapless detectives trying to figure out what's going All on right. with chuck i'm glad that we have moved through the whole season one thing of of morgan being a creep towards ellie uh-huh. and then the like are they trying to set up them getting together I'm glad that that there's no reference to that at all they're just existing as two um platonic peers trying to get to the bottom of what's going yeah. on with someone that they care about. I think they have good chemistry and I think it was fun seeing them as comedic characters in a spot that we might typically see Jeff and Lester mm-hmm. as like the comedic relief. Yeah, I okay. It was cool I'll, getting to see Morgan and Ellie I'm on board flex with this. those muscles. Thank you. For my kill, um, I'm just going to go with uh, Hannah's insane behavior. I think particularly just... <laughs> I they're okay like they had to get her to the museum but I wish they did it in a way that didn't involve her line of like driving past the museum and seeing Chuck's car like because that was just Mm -hmm. weird and I feel like there's a better way that they could have done that I don't really know what it is but even if it was like maybe they went out on a regular install and then Chuck got a call like Shaw is in danger you really need to like if they didn't start at the buy more and it was just like they were already out like and then he just had to bring Hannah along like the fact that she followed him like I just feel like they make her a little bit too like aggressive in pursuing him and I feel like it just like Mm -hmm. I I don't mean that like a woman can't aggressively pursue a man but they just like make it weird where it's like she followed him to Burbank and got a job at his store and like immediate like on their first job together she's like I did this for you and like and I don't remember what happens with her so if she's like a ring agent sure like of course she'd follow him to his missions I don't remember if she is but like if she's purportedly just like a regular person it just seems weird so Mm -hmm. there you go what about you my kill for this week is the let me preface this by saying that I think the set designers of this television program do a wonderful job <laughs> and being a set designer must be a stressful job. However, the set designer of the buy more really suggests some careless loss prevention strategies, which <laughs> I think are just borderline reckless. Okay, Tell me. Okay. So in one shot, you can see that there are Xbox three sixties, which would have been one of the premier consoles of the time. There is a display of them not wrapped in any kind of security coils or anything. And they're right by the front door. They're just sitting Uh-oh. there. They're not in a case or anything. They're just right there. Um, and if you look behind the nerd her desk, you'll see uh, a Game Boy Advance SP and a Nintendo DS just resting on top <laughs> of pegs. They're not in a case. They're not in a display thing. They're just like, you know how you'd see those pegs that you might hang. Yes. Um, oh, I've set up a number of those pegs. Yeah, I know you Walmart like, 
I've seen them at TJ Maxx, yeah. Kohl's, everywhere, but there's just Game Boys resting on top of them. Sure, why not? Not not a case, not a box, not really secured to anything. And I mean, people are probably shoplifting from the buy more <laughs> left and right. And I, I don't actually care about this because it would be a waste of time and money to like from a set design perspective to put these things in like little electromagnetic cases that you'd have to bring up to the, the front desk or the cashier to remove. But um, I think they they took some pretty sharp creative liberties there, which <laughs> did not slide by me in my attention to detail. <laughs> so that's your kill. That's my kill. Okay. I don't I don't know why it was, but that so was my that's kill. a fine kill. Now, a fine kill uh, indeed. A fine kill indeed, Jeremy. I don't know why I have to call you Jeremy, but that seemed like the right name. <laughs> uh, what's always the right name is Scooter, and he's the Amen. namesake of the Scooter scale here at Go Chuck Yourself. Uh, scale of zero to five corn dogs is how we rate these episodes. Zero means we don't like them, and five means that we do, in case that was not implied. <laughs> Aaron, I am dying to hear what you rated this episode. Oh, okay. Uh I don't I don't know why you're so excited. It's Please, that- the oxygen's running out. Aaron, tell me, tell me. Uh, it's going down. I, I gave this episode a, I can't. I can't talk when you're gasping like that. Um I gave this episode a 3.5. I thought okay. um I thought that it was uh it was good. I don't have um I didn't have a ton of grievances with it that I haven't mentioned, and I didn't have a ton of stuff that I like loved that I haven't already mentioned. Um I know like 3.5 is a little higher than middle of the road. I think it was maybe a little higher than I thought the nacho sampler was, um, which I think this would align with my score. Do you have on hand what my score was for the last episode? Yep. Your score before for the nacho sampler was 2.75. Okay. So yeah, I think that this was, I I enjoyed this a little bit more. Um, I, some of that could just be my memories of this part of the season are a little bit stronger. So I was excited. Like I was like, Oh, I recognize that mask. Oh, I remember Vasilis. But um, yeah, I liked it. I liked the uh, implications for Chuck and Sarah's continued relationship. Um, I think that uh, it's interesting to see like Chuck have like a similar situation to his relationship with Lou early on in the season or early on in the series Hannah kind of represents the same thing, but like Chuck's approaching it completely differently and like the dynamics a little different now that he's like really a spy and like how Sarah feels about is different, how Chuck feels about Sarah is different. Shaw is a new element. I liked seeing Casey's uh, continued snarkiness. So I thought, yeah, I 3.5 is the score from me. What about you? Okay. I would like to give this episode 4.5. Wow. I really enjoyed this episode. I think it had good action. I liked the arcs of Chuck and Sarah's new relationships. I liked Nikos. I enjoyed the museum setting. I also remembered, I don't know, it's just weird because I feel like I have these memories of certain sets or uh-huh. settings in. And I remember that there was a museum episode. I didn't know when, but I was excited to see the museum. Uh, as I mentioned, I enjoyed Morgan and Ellie teaming up. Mm-hmm. And I just thought the... The writing and the acting all around was great, even if the set design left something to be desired. But yeah, I really like this one. Great. Yeah, so, that's. I cool. think that's the first time that in the season of Aaron that Chris has been higher than Aaron. Is that true? That is, in fact, the case. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, much. Uh, this is the season of Aaron, but the episode of Chris. I just yeah, I really I really like I'm this glad. One. Now we just gotta get um we gotta get our own versions of that mask. I wonder if they sell them somewhere. They looked pretty cheap. 
once again, not to be hating on the, the set design, but I was like, yeah, that I don't even understand. I guess it's just kind of artifacts like that are really valuable because of the history they represent. Yeah. It's not like the they're not supposed to provide any aesthetic pleasure necessarily. It's the mask. If you go to like the if you see these things in the museum and you're like, oh, but you wouldn't be excited. Like, I wouldn't go to an opening night to go see that thing, you know? Well, if you're like a museum person, maybe you would. There's some nice you art. You're not, not cultured. You're not cultured. You watch Chuck, you don't go to museums. That was just right under the surface. That was been waiting to come out for a little while. I guess so. <laughs> um, so we're going well, to work out uh, these feelings, uh, this resentment. I can Aaron, can we have another sidebar? Yeah. I, I'm just really hurt about what you said <laughs> about me not being cultured and... I'd appreciate if you wouldn't laugh right now. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm being I'm being very serious, mm -hmm. and I just I don't feel comfortable continuing to record this episode if you're going to be behaving like okay, that. Okay, so I I think I'm I'm very sorry. Well, I will we'll hash this out off mic. We'll figure it out. I'm confident that we will. But in the meantime, I think we should just go back, pretend like everything's good, close the episode, and and go from there. Does that work for you? Yes, I think I could do that. Okay, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the. Okay, okay. Okay. All right. And now that was a another great, wonderful, happy episode of Chuck. Uh, thank you for listening. Everything is great here. Aaron and I are solid. I know. I love I love my co-host Chris so much. He is just a very uh strong, talented, intelligent individual, and I was just so happy to be here with him. And I love my co-host, Aaron. She is a, a ray of sunlight in an otherwise dismal world. <laughs> We'll see you next week for another episode of Go Chuck Yourself. Thank you for listening. It's been a pleasure. Have fun. Uh, we're going to we'll be here. Absolutely not having a heated conversation about our friendship. I'm Chris Gillespie reminding you that food is sexy. I'm Aaron Arata letting you know that anything is possible. Yay. We're also happy right. here. Everything's good. Yay, bye. bye. OK, I think they're gone. Um, yeah, I just. I don't I think that I've done a very good job about familiarizing myself with art and history from around the world. And for you to just come out and call me uncultured, I think is just. Oh, I'm not going to mince words here. I think it's a little bitchy. Chris, OK, I think you're right. It's just I think this whole quarantine situation has been hard on me. Uh -huh. I think my anger has yeah. been a little bit under the surface. It's not it's it's the world I'm lashing out and it's not you. OK. So you do think I'm cultured? Yeah, I do. I do. Well, you you watch Mad Men and that's more cultured than anything I watch. I Good you answer. you watch Mad Men, I watch The Crown. You, uh, the you, Crown's pretty cultured though. You're right. That's about the the royal family. That's true. That's the, I mean, The Crown is kind of the Mad Men of Britain, you might say. <laughs> <laughs>